Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Highwire. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. And today is the first in a mini-series we're doing in the month of October on cybersecurity. So I am joined by Sean Williams and Bryce Williams, both with LCS. And uh, Sean, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself first? Uh, Hi, Laura. Uh, My name is Sean Williams. I'm the Director of Information Security with LCS, and thanks for having me today. My name is Bryce Williams, and I'm an Information Security Engineer here at LCS. Wonderful, wonderful. So we've got two of the experts in the house today to talk about cybersecurity. And just a little note for our listeners. If you picked up that they both have the last name Williams, it's a coincidence. There's no relationship there. So just a little trivia in terms of their names as we get started here. So you might ask why we're doing this series on cybersecurity, and it's because October is Cybersecurity Month. I had to Google that myself because I thought it was something new. And frankly, it's not anything new. I just think it's it's bigger in the world today. And I have learned a lot in interacting and learning things about cybersecurity from both Sean and Bryce. And we're going to have some really good information for you today. So I've now just said cybersecurity multiple times. We hear it all the time. We hear it in our daily lives. We hear it in our professional lives. But what is cybersecurity? Bryce, do you want to take that one, you know, from the big picture? Well, I can take part of it and I'll have Sean chime in. I would say cybersecurity is a set of practices and procedures designed to help limit risk and manage incidents if they occur. And I'd I'd boil that down even a little bit more and just say that cybersecurity is the practice of keeping your digital information, digital identity, anything that's electronic secure, mostly from the bad guys. And we know from what we've heard in the news, there's a lot of bad guys out there. But, you know, before we get into that, I just want to pull back on what you said, your digital information. And I guess, you know, Sean, coming back to you, everything we do today is digital. We use it in our work lives every single day. Everything we do, a lot of folks are doing online banking. Banks are even charging you more for a checking account if you actually get hard checks now. So it sounds like they're trying to push you to the digital. So thinking about that, the importance in my mind, and I'm sure in our users, gets really kind of big and scary. As a consumer and employee, those things resonate with me. Is it that serious and is it that scary? Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. As things move more online, you know, everything from your banking to your TV. Most people have streaming TV services now. They go shopping online. Their medical information is online. All of that is your digital identity out in the internet. So anytime that uh, an attacker can get access to that kind of information, there's all kinds of things they can do with it. They can sell it. They can hold it for ransom. They can hijack your credit cards. They can steal your bank account. They can commit identity fraud. So to make a short answer here, yes, it is that serious. And the things that we do at work, we really need to be looking at doing at home and in our personal lives as well, because work tends to take it more seriously than we do when we're by ourselves and we're shopping on Amazon on our phone. But it's it's just as serious. 
I 100% agree that, you know, it is a serious topic that it needs to be taken seriously, both at home and at work. And later in the series, we'll have some takeaways you can do at both places. So I want to also reiterate, I mean, as a millennial, <laughs> I think it's important to, to stress that it, we're not trying to scare anyone. Like it's not put fear into people about, you know, doing things electronically, but it is important to be mindful about what you're doing, what information you're putting out there, how you're accessing it, which institutions you're choosing to trust, and some of your other practices around accessing your data digitally. Yes, I absolutely don't condone everyone going out and buying a bunch of notebook paper and pencils. <laughs> Digital is the way to go. Going, going back to that old adage, yeah. I mean, think about that. When was the last time you actually used a pencil with an eraser? Do they even sell them? Anyway. That's off topic. So I know we're going to get into some of the consumer stuff later in the series, later this month. But from a business standpoint, obviously at LCS, we've recognized that this is important enough to have experts like yourself as part of the LCS team to make sure that as a company, we're doing the right things. So without giving away, you know, secrets to <laughs> cybersecurity criminals out there. What are some of the things that you all do every day to keep our company safe? Or what do cybersecurity departments and companies actually do to keep us safe? Because I'm really not sure what, you know, what is the day in the life of, of the cybersecurity team at a company? Sean, would you like me to start with that one? I was going to let you run with that. So. <laughs> okay. You're an operations guy. I'm going to let you handle that one. So what our team does and what I think part of the value that we bring to, to LCS and, and the company, and, and I think we'll have a, maybe an episode that dives into this a little deeper, but here's the short version. We bring situational awareness to our IT systems and, and, some, and some other business processes. Like it's not all about, you know, firewalls or email. You know, we're, we're involved or we try to get involved with business decisions and, and how, how data flows to our company and making sure that those processes are, are relatively secure or at least reasonably secure. But then the situational awareness is about you know, monitoring for potential you know, phishing attack emails or monitoring our logs to check for unusual activity uh, and making sure that we, we see things that you know, might be not quite right. And then following up and, and making sure that either everything is fine or addressing any potential issues that arise from that. Yeah. And, and to Bryce's point earlier, a lot of what we do is around managing risk. So we work with the business. We work with the application teams, the stakeholders. You know, we, we try to find those areas where there could be a significant amount of risk. And then we track that. We try to mitigate that and come up with, you know, secure, usable solutions for everyone. And so, Sean, with that, I would think that there's a degree of monitoring that happens, both internally and externally, without trying to steal someone's privacy, that type of thing. Is that true? Is that yeah, part yeah. of what you do? Absolutely. And, and we are, you know, we are not reading your emails. We are, we are not, you know, looking at every single thing you do on the internet. We are trying to collect the type of data that will allow us to make informed decisions to allow us to set up monitoring so alarms go off if something bad happens. We just want to be able to gather as much information about our environment as possible so we can react 
in a, a timely manner and an appropriate manner if something does happen. Yeah, yeah. Bryce, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I would just say as far as the external monitoring, I know that we do subscribe to several different sources of industry security information. There are other companies that that will share, you know, threat information, and then we can go and check our systems for maybe activity related to, you know, other reported attacks. You know, as Sean said, we're not, our job is not to invade people's privacy. We don't, one, I don't have the time to sit and like poke through people's emails. So that's, that's just not something that we do. We may review an individual email from time to time as strictly necessary to carry out our, our duties, but we don't have the time to be invading privacy. That, that would probably get pretty boring too, you know? <laughs> like, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, earlier I mentioned that cybersecurity and some of these attacks have been in the news recently. And is it because it's new or is it because it's newsworthy or, or what's going on now that there seems to just be a lot more activity? I don't know if it's just the news reports on it more or there is a lot of activity or both. And should we be paying attention? So Sean, I'll start with you on that one. Yeah. And certainly, you know, in this information age, it is much easier to find out about things. So uh, just just the prevalence of information that's out there, there's there's more of it. It gets to people faster. But is this an old thing? Absolutely not. So I actually did a little digging here in history, and it turns out the first computer worm that actually did something malicious was created in 1971. Oh, my gosh. And, and the first one that got press was in 1988. So this has been going on for a long time. And of course, as the threats ramp up, the need to protect ramps up, but also the amount of damage and potentially the financial impacts are getting that much bigger as well. So we talk about things like the pipeline attack in the Southeast that literally crippled fuel transmission, things like that. When you start attacking a country's infrastructure, you start demanding tens of millions of dollars in ransom for companies' data. That's certainly going to get some press. Yeah, that ransom is kind of a scary thing because it seems to be tied to big dollars, of course. You know, that's what they're going after at the end of the day. And I guess there's a lot of theories out there. of Like, are these companies paying that ransom? Some of them? I. Yeah. And so, again, this is this is one of those things where it's it's kind of uh, do as I say, not as I do. But absolutely no one should be paying ransom. The reason that there is an industry around it is because people started paying money and now it's state sponsored. Um, there's groups that, you know, traffic specifically in ransomware and data. It, it's just ballooned into this, you know, new industry of, hey, we can lock up all your stuff and then demand ransom and make a, a nice profit doing it. Is there a point at which a company should or shouldn't have a cybersecurity team? Is there a certain size a company needs to be? Yeah, and I don't know that I can give you at this dollar amount or this size, but certainly as a, as a company, and especially if you're a more mature company that does do things like track risk and understand what your costs are and understand what the impacts are if certain things happen in your organization, it's a pretty easy calculation to say, okay, if this gets attacked and we're not really protecting it right now, 
and we're going to lose $100,000 an hour because some system's offline. That's a pretty easy place to start saying, hey, maybe I should get at least uh, you know, a company consulting or maybe a full-time IT person or you know, those are the kinds of metrics that I would look at to determine when you would need a full-time security professional. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sean, that was a great point. I also just wanted to add that some of the companies that we do see in the news are big companies that do have security teams and have had them for a long time. But typically, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about always winning all the time, but it's, yeah, I think it's also important to recognize that security teams can do a lot to mitigate some of the, the potential damage from an attack. And I would also say, even if you're a smaller organization that's not very mature in tracking risk or you know, maybe doesn't have a sophisticated technology capability, there's plenty of kind of free resources out there or, or low-cost resources to get some help with just some basic security hygiene, which a lot of times can go a long way if not preventing a security incident, it could help reduce any impact. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point. Well, and, you know, a company like LCS, I mean, we're lucky to be able to have the resources to have a team such as you all and your colleagues protecting us and watching that risk. But it sounds to me like you're, you're networking on the outside, too, with other companies and other groups, which... That's interesting for me. I didn't realize that. And maybe many of our listeners didn't realize that either. So um, I want to thank you both today. I think this was really a great introduction and opening conversation to our series. I know later on, we're going to talk a little bit about current trends in cybersecurity. We're going to talk about maybe some of the differences and what they mean, like malware versus ransomware. We're going to talk about being safe at home and at work. I think it's interesting. I think there are terms that I've heard, you know, cyber security hygiene, meaning staying clean from all the attacks out there. We'll talk about that. I know I spoke earlier with you both before we went on air today and we talked about traveling and security because, you know, as the world tilts back a little bit more to normal activity, we are seeing a lot more people travel and they're free to pick up free Wi-Fi here and there. So I know we'll talk a little bit about that. And then later, we'll talk about the future. What does the future look like? So I'm really excited to, to, you know, to bring this new type of a series to our listeners. And, and I just really want to thank you both today for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you. So that's all for today. And we will see you next when we talk about the current trends in cybersecurity. Thank you for listening today to Healthcare Highwire. I'm Laura Franco. Until next time, have a great day. So you enjoyed this podcast episode. Click like, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, and let us know what you liked best about it. Thanks for listening to Healthcare Highwire. Thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.